the one with dragon wings, who spins golden light, rises to take her place, a place both reclaimed and born anew. From the embers and ashes, a new day has dawned, breaking open at last, the crystalline pearl-encrusted shells, amethyst overtones, and emerald light to mark this grand entrance, this emergence into who you are, who I am. The spine of diamond light is activated, charcoal and smoking veils removed. Part the holy ways, her saddened, slippered feet, a step within the rhythm of the ancient forest. Life moves anew, vital forces stoked and rekindled, blowing holy breath throughout the land, my mouth and throat open, my truth, my voice utters, holy light and dewdrops, elemental fires, whispers on the wings of doves, proclaiming this day, for this day I have chosen to emerge. Hello there. This episode is a grand experiment. I am joined by my dear friend and flower sister, Alex, who is a returning guest on Elemental Whispers podcast. And we play with an idea that has been circling around in my mind for a while now. That is bringing you in to a living story or a living mystery as it is unfolding in real time. What I mean by living mystery is really engaging with life at a mythic level where we are in a conversation, a dialogue with spirit, with the spiritual forces of the earth, with the universe. And I say dialogue because it becomes a call and response where we make a statement or declaration or a commitment from our heart. It's when we stand forth and set an intention or make our devotion around something. And then the universe responds. This is happening all the time. Only in our busy world, it really takes some effort, attention, awareness, and presence to be able to recognize the subtle clues and whispers along the way. Sometimes they are blaringly obvious. The synchronicities coming in full force. You cannot deny there is a conversation happening. But oftentimes the clues are much more subtle than that. They truly are elemental whispers. And part of the journey is us being able to tune in through the noise of the day-to-day world and listen and receive. This episode is about exactly that. It is about a declaration of intent that was made perhaps in curiosity, perhaps in deep soul and heart desire, and that call was answered. And this is where the fairy queen comes in, who is the star of today's show. 
Not just any fairy queen, but one fairy queen in particular who you will meet in this episode. If the fairy queen is the star of today's show, then that poem I shared with you at the beginning, written by me, which I will call Emerge, acts as the backdrop. I say backdrop because although it isn't mentioned until probably the middle of our conversation, a lot of this magic was unfolding within and around a container that I had co-created with the grandmothers of my lineage. I had woven this container, threaded it through, and anchored it within the heart of the ancient forest. And it was a container where I invited others to join, others to step into a mythic journey with me, a mythic journey that was about our relationship with the forest and also our relationship with where we are in the cycle of the ages right now and about this call that is perhaps sounding from the heart of the ancient forest, from the heart of Gaia herself, calling those of us who are of a magical lineage, who have medicine and magical gifts to share with humanity to emerge. We are being called to emerge, not to leave the forest behind, but to carry it with us and to share the magic of our souls with humanity, with the world, with the earth. We hold so much magic within us, if only we would remember. So the episode that you are about to hear was recorded on the full moon in Leo, which was over a month ago. And it's very intentional that it's being released now because I wanted to wait until the Emerge container closed to maintain the integrity of that journey to help hold the magic in and not bleed it and leak it out. Now that the journey has completed, it can be shared. And that is the way of these journeys oftentimes, isn't it? Many are meant to be shared, but not until the right time. And now here we are, spring equinox, new moon in Aries, and it is the right time. And how perfect that my fellow cohort, my guest, Alex, is a sun in Aries. Her son is in Aries, and so how perfect to share this at this time. So this episode is very raw and very in the moment. It is, as I said, an experiment of bringing you into a living mystery where we didn't have all the answers. There was not a wrapped up bow that was put on a conclusion at the end. We were in the middle of it. And each of us was journeying it in our own way. I was working with the fairy queen, but being, but working with her very differently than the way that you're going to hear Alex begin to be journeyed by her and journey with her. And this is the way of these journeys is that each one of us has our own unique way that we are going to walk this path. And that's what makes this so rich. So I hope you enjoy this living mystery. I hope that, as Alex mentions in the beginning, it opens 
something for you. Perhaps it becomes a key that unlocks one of your doors. I truly believe that each of us has keys that are meant for someone. Some of us for many. Every person, every land, every energy field holds some sort of coding that becomes the unlocking mechanism for another. It's such a beautiful part of living in an interdependent universe where we are all connected and walking the threads of the web of weird. So as I mentioned, I am joined by Alex today on this episode and Alexandria Shiarapa is a flower essence practitioner and plant spirit ceremonialist in training who resides in California. Amongst the flowers, sun and sea, she is also a homeschooler and can often be found in the garden having a poetry tea party or musing over riddles with her two kids. She is a beauty dreamer, wildly romantic, and an eternal optimist. Her greatest joy is living from inspired beauty and inspiring others to find their way to beauty. One of her favorite ways to do this is through flower essences and the flower spirit realms. She gives deep reverence and gratitude to her family, her benevolent ancestors, the grandmothers, spirit guides, and the flowers for lighting her beauty path and nurturing the medicine she carries. And people can find and connect with her at mygrandmothersflowers.com. Now that you have officially and formally been introduced to Alex, I invite you to step into the living mystery with the both of us. I'll see you on the other side. Okay, so this is a grand experiment. The experiment is being in a real-time living mystery which we'll share a little bit about what that means, and bringing others into that mystery with us, letting others see and experience this mystery because it is so magic and so palpable, and yet it is so hard to convey when you're trying to talk about it at a later date, at a later time. And what I mean by a living mystery is I talk a lot about this epic embodied mythic reality, which is when the mythic realms begin to bleed into the physical realm and the physical realm begins to blur into the mythic realm. And these threads begin to come through and sing to us and pull gently, weave us into the story, an epic story that maybe has existed across time and space that now is becoming very personal for us because we're being brought into it. And today, one of these stories came forward and we decided that since we're right hot in the middle of it, that Alex and I would begin to share it in real time. Okay, go. What do you want to add to that, Alex? (laughs) Okay. 
I mean, one, I just, I want to like recognize how fluid today has been when it comes to even showing up to talk about this. Like you voice noted me, we went back and forth and all of a sudden the day just opened and now we're here. (laughs) And I feel like that alone is, I don't know, highlighting how that magic can open and that portal can open stepping in to the myth. Like the, the story wants to be so heard that our both of our days just opened up and now we're both here, which is, I mean, both of us are very busy, but for me to be able to have space when I'm always around my two little kids in homeschooling, this is like already very magical <laughs> that I now have the space and time to do this and that it's just like come together so fast. So I really want to recognize that. The other thing is I'm so excited to be talking to about this like in real time because when it's when it's coursing through you it's almost easier to talk about it even though you don't have all the pieces. And I think that's part part that's a little vulnerable and that we talked about it can be a little vulnerable talking about it because you don't have all the pieces. It's not a perfect picture. You're living in it in present time. And I think a lot of times people don't want to showcase that and I'm really excited to do something different that maybe a lot of other people aren't doing because It might not be a full picture and who knows where it's going to lead. But to me, that's exciting because it shows like um, I love seeing people's processes. When I see people's processes or hear their stories, it allows me to get different keys and downloads. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that this allows people to have a key open or allows them to step in in some way. I think that's the main thing I want to share, even though it may not be like a full, perfect, done picture of whatever it is. Yeah, I I love that. Um I'm just thinking about the there's like three threads coming through and I'm <laughs> trying to sort through them. So, one of the intentions with this, well, it's multiple it, there's like it's a multifaceted intention, multi-layered is that first I feel it's really important to highlight how different people have different parts of the puzzle. And this, if we are able to do this well and kind of bring forward some of the pieces that we were starting to talk about today, I think you're going to see how Alex has a part of this and she is weaving and it's very personal for her. And then I'm coming from a very from a different place and angle. And yet I have these pieces and I'm dancing and journeying with them. And then there's this place where we intersect and come together. And so I also feel like I am very curious to see how many people like you just mentioned, Alex, are also being maybe spoken to being nudged very gently with these specific uh this specific topic or frequency that we're going to be talking about today and how what we share will that be like another piece of the puzzle that drops in for them so that is it's just so beautiful and so exciting and it's just also really important to show that we are so much not codependent but interdependent Like we are interdependent. We're meant to be weaving and playing with each other and not having to figure it out all on our own, even though we 
both do like to go into a hermit cave um, <laughs> regularly, but that's also part of the process. So how do you want to begin this particular story? Where does it begin? How do we want to begin today? Well, I mean, I know where my story begins, and I don't know if you want me to just start with my story or if you want to, yeah, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> By the way, I love this new format of your podcast <laughs> with the video. <laughs> I can see you, so I won't interrupt you as much because you can see my nodding of yeses. Okay. Um, so I think about a week or two weeks or so ago, I was listening to one of your podcasts. You don't know my full story. I'm going to tell you. Diamir has heard part, part of the stories. And so now I'm going to tell like interweave more parts. <laughs> so I was listening to one of your podcasts and I can't remember which one it was because I love listening, getting my Diamir fix when I'm like washing dishes or folding laundry. <laughs> so I was listening to one of your podcasts and you were talking about a fairy queen or the fae, you know, as you do regularly. And I all of a sudden was like, I wish I could work with a fairy queen. And I have, you know, acquired some of your gorgeous fairy queen elemental essences. And I have seen them, but I've never like then journeyed with them. But I've journeyed with like flowers and the spirit of flowers and um, other spirit guides. And I was like, I really want to journey with like a fae queen. Like I want, <laughs> how do I do that? <laughs> and then fast forward, I was doing some work with my flower essence practitioner and she recommended that I go and do a journey to the deva of my business because my business is new. It's off the ground. You know, it's been in, in place for about a year, two years. And I went to did that. I went to do that and I was journeying and I was meeting the deva of my business and we were talking and having counsel. And then I asked while I was in there, is there anyone else that wants to step forward to support me in my business? Like any other guides that are wanting to come forward. And I went through my shamanic practices to see, you know, see who was applying to come forward. And this kind of dear energy spirit came forward. And I had read a post, you and I had talked about, we had read a post about <laughs> reindeer earlier. And I thought maybe, is this a reindeer? Is this a deer? I've never really worked with either one before. And I couldn't really get a read on it. And she had very soft energy, but she was also very sparkly. And so, you know, she was very beautiful and very etheric and this very soft energy, almost like she almost looks shimmering. And a lot of my other animal guides don't show up as shimmering that way. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. But she she kind of let me know that she was only going to be staying for a short time as like a guest. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And then I was trying to ask her, like, what's what what are we going to be doing together? What's your message? And she's like, you'll know soon, but I can't tell you yet. Like, you'll know soon. It's, it's going to unfold soon. I was like, okay. So I met with her a couple of times in the wheel. She kept on just saying, you'll know soon. Then, like I want to say four days later, Diamira sends out this email about this mythic potion that she's going to be weaving over four weeks called Emerge and working with a fairy queen or um, an elder, a fairy elder. And I was like, what is this? And I had just worked with my flower essence practitioner. So she was sending me a formula. So I was like, oh, I don't really want to work with two formulas at once. 
but I just keep on being called to this. So I just like sat with it for a couple of days. And then literally I got this huge hit in the morning. I felt the fairy queen energy show up and she was like, you have to do this. And I was like, okay. I like immediately just (laughs) procured emerge. And so then I like, you know, like I messaged Diamira, like I I just procured emerge. Who's the fairy queen? And she's like, you'll wait, wait, you'll find out tomorrow. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. What? So I was going through my head. I'm like, is it Bridget? Is it, you know, the lady of the floor? Like I was going lady of the woods. Like I was going through, she's like, nope, nope, nope. And I was like, I can feel that I've never met her before, but what, who is she? So then Diamira sends out the first video and I get the first video, but I'm literally about to leave to go antiquing with my mom to look for a stool that is going to be going into like a living rose altar garden that I'm creating outside. And which seems potent because that again is part of like my business, part of my beauty path. I'm like creating this living altar outside and it's for like these roses and like the fey energy. And it's like a stool, a place to sit, a container to receive. Right. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to watch this, but I'm about to leave. And so I'm like, I look on the video and I'm like, I mean, I love Diamira so much. She starts off the video with a song and I'm just like, Diamira is so brave. I don't know if I could ever sing on video. (laughs) So I, of course, listen to her song. And then I'm like, okay, great. Where is she revealing that she's talking about who is a fairy queen? And my triple stellium Aries in me is like, I need to just find it. And so I like drag the little, you know, red dot on the screen to try to find when she's releasing. Because I'm like, okay, I have to go. My mom's waiting for me in the car. We're going to go have a mother-daughter date. But I need to know who this fairy queen is. I kind of wanted her to be with me as I was like looking for the stool <laughs> when I'm antiquing. And I like dragged it and I found, I like just released. And I was like, this is where she's going to talk about it. And then I heard her start talking about it. And then she's like, the antler queen. I was like, the antler queen? And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I mean, I was about to drop like some expletives right there, but I was like, oh, and I was like, wait, is this this energy of this deer that's like entering into my field? And all of a sudden I remembered in my shamanic practices that a lot of times, you know, when different spirit guides will come in, they'll come in as animal first. And once you're moving more down your journey into like the mythic or magical realms, then they can morph into their mythic and magical form. And all of a sudden I was like, these are the, this is the same thing. And then I got really almost kind of freaked out in a lot of ways. I was like, this is, this is epic and a little trippy. And then all of a sudden I felt pulled before I left to go check my essences. And I went, I grabbed out all my whole box of elemental whispers essences. And I was looking, looking, and I was like, do I have the antler queen? I'm like, I don't think I do. And all of a sudden I pulled up and I have her in my collection Somehow I procured her. I've never worked with her. It literally felt like she just magically appeared in my box. And I'm like, this is wild. Like, this is really, really wild. And then Diamira (laughs) messages me this. So that was all yesterday. And then Diamira messaged. I didn't really tell Diamira all of that. Then she messages me this morning and she's like, hey, I have this idea about us going back and forth, talking about living myth and stories. And I was like, I love that idea. That feels super expansive. And then I start telling her about this story. And she's like, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'd love to do. And I was like, I would love to do that too. But I don't know when I'd find find time to do that. And then all of a sudden my day just cleared up and I was like, let's gather. And there's another part of the story that um, I'll let you talk first. But then after you're done with that, I'm going to reveal, I went to go meet the antler queen 
at the altar before we got on this call. And it was very fascinating with what she said. So I think it would be helpful as a context piece for anybody who's listening. What is your experience with fairy? And and what I'm not able to like totally articulate, but I can kind of feel is you have experience and training in working with guides and allies, and you've been cultivating deep relationship with guides and allies of the other world, guides and allies that are part of your team, and also maybe others that come maybe in and out and for teaching moments and that sort of thing. And I would love to hear your feeling or experience on the difference between that experience that you've been having and then this sudden kind of inspiration around, I want to work with a fairy queen. Do you do you think that that would be helpful to talk about now? Should we talk about that now? And then I'll circle back to where I kind of fit into this story. Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, I have never thought of myself as someone that works with fairy. And ever since I've met you, (laughs) I am realizing that maybe my whole life I've worked with fairy and just never realized it. And even to the point where I'm like, do I come from the fae? And so that's like a deep inquiry of mine right now, because there's so many connections that are happening for me around the flowers. And I feel like the flowers, and I know, you know, I've talked about this before, the flowers are kind of like this bridge. They can be one of the bridges and plants in general and the trees and nature and the nature spirit realms can be a bridge to fairy. And I, it's weird because there'll be things that happen like this that was happening, right? And another part of the story is that I shared last night, I started reading a fair, a Scottish fairy tale to my son about a fairy queen. And after we were having this back and forth signal conversation this morning, I went and grabbed the fairy tale because I didn't finish it. And I turned the pages and at the end page was this white deer with a crown on. And it I was just like in shock because it's like, like this, this antler queen is like showing up in so many different ways. And so then I sent that to you and then you were talking about fairy initiation and a fairy initiation. And when you said that I had this intense emotional heart response where I just started like crying. Like I was just like, I can feel it now. Like it makes me want to cry. And so I don't know fully what that is. And I'm still in the process of that, of like walking that, that journey and walking that mystery of like, why do I keep having these emotional responses? And to me, and it's not like it, it, to me, it feels like home. And it also feels like there's a part of it, not that it's heartbroken, but it feels like. Um, a part that's been forgotten and now found, you know, when you find like a beautiful treasure and you're just like, oh, here's this beautiful heirloom that I never knew was passed down in my family. And it's just like, there's so much heart in it. That's how it can kind of feel. And there was a re- another recent story where I had the same connection to fairy a month ago where um, there was a lot of like 
health stuff going on with my husband and the ER trip and all these ER trips. And basically, Lourdes from France shows up. And I remember talking to you about it. And you're like, you know, some people consider her a fairy queen. And I'm like, what? And my family, which my mom said the family is, you know, is from Mexico. They have a deep connection to Lourdes because of basically her magical waters saved my mother's life when she was like one years old. And so then my grandmother dressed her like Lourdes for a year. She just wore a, a saint outfit like Lords for a year. So my mom has all these pictures of her literally dressed as Lords for a year in appreciation and thanks to her. And so there's like this deep um, matriarchal lineage and all of us have her medallion and wear it. And I was like, wait, it's deeper than this. It's like the waters. It's the fae. There's like this deeper, there's this deeper meaning and symbolism. And again, that made me super emotional and want to cry. And so it's something that I'm journeying. But other than that, like, I've never really, like, I've always, like, as a child, like, you know, I think as most little girls might love fairies or, you know, when I was little, I would weave fairy crowns, like daisy chains and make them for my hair. But I was never someone who was, like, out in the garden talking to fairies or seeking out fairies because I think you and I similarly had talked about how like a lot of books when you read the fairies you're kind of like is that the fairy I'm really talking about like little kid books you know like it's not um I don't know I feel like now when I'm starting to encounter them they feel more like these almost star beings to me and they're like this crossover between star and nature but they're like here but they're not from here (laughs) like and I'm not I'm I'm still at the very beginning of my journey with that so I'm excited to see what happens because I've never actually walked with uh, a fairy being a fairy guide in let's say an awareness or conscious way but maybe I've been walking with them my whole life for many for many years many lifetimes what you were just saying about the connection with the fairy beings and how they feel both star and nature frequency blended together. In my experience, the fae or who I often refer to as the she, they hold the, well, first of all, they are from the stars, but so are we. The difference is, is that they maintain the starry relationship, not even the memory, which they hold the memory in their hearts of the stars, but they actually thread the stars through Gaia. And so they, they hold that really deep, those, um, I want to say like star stellar highways, (laughs) they hold the flowing currents of those stellar highways intact. And are responsible for that relationship, for maintaining that relationship through deep devotion. And some of them more so than others, just like humans, not all humans are priests and priestesses and sacred devotion. But, um, and so that's why when we connect with them, we often feel that connection. And they also then help us remember that the stars are in us too and in the earth. And so there's this beautiful reflection that just kind of happens and uh, reverberates back and forth with that. The one thing I want to ask, and I'm not asking you to reveal, of course, 
their names or who they are specifically, but I'm curious, the guides that you work with, what, if not fairy, what species would you consider them? Are they human, but just in spirit form or animal or something else? They're kind of all of the above. I I work with human guides, animal guides, um, plant and flower guides, and I also work with um, magical and mythical guides. So they're kind of all of the above. I'm trying to think if there's any like, yeah. Um, and like, I would say magical human star guides. <laughs> okay. That who, who makes actually, sense. Like two of them actually might be fairy and I'm just uh, not fully there yet to realize that they're fairy because they are um, very much of these kind of star lineages And they, you know, a lot of times like guides will show up in forms that you're ready to receive them. And once you're in a different space and you can expand out and receive them in a different way, they show you their more true form. Or that's at least my experience. Yeah, that's definitely my experience as well. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see as you deepen in your relationship with these beings, how they continue to present themselves and reveal and I'm thinking even in the context of she, because they are less, they are still physical. That's what some people get a little bit confused about because the she are not the same as devas or nature spirits. And yet they have such a deep connection with the living world that sometimes They can be confused for nature spirits and they are also not as, um, they never descended as deeply into the experience of matter as we did. And therefore they have this ability to shape shift. So they're not as fixed in their physical form as we are. And one of the things, and I was sharing this with Alex earlier is in my experience in terms of animals is Two things have happened in my long time of working with fairy. And one of those things is that, as I said, fairy can shape shift. And so oftentimes they will appear in the form of an animal, present in that way, and journey us until they then feel that it is the right time to morph into a different image one and show us their, I, I want to say true form, but that's not really, uh, it's not that they weren't in their true form before, but show us who they are, right? Reveal the more of the mystery of who they are. That's like one experience I've had. The other one is that fairy have a very, very strong partnership and connection with the animal kingdom. And so what will happen is that oftentimes the fairy will partner with the animal kingdom and the animal kingdom will almost be, will go out as a sort of messenger or emissary and make the contact with the human because it is easy in that more physical experience for the animal to have that contact in middle earth, as we like to call it. And then the animal will bring the human, whether it's 
physically or in the dream time, when we're dreaming at night, or even when we're journeying. For those of us who participate in that kind of practice, the animal will bring the human into a realm that is more suitable, whether it's a a realm that I call like a meeting place realm where both the human and the fairy being can meet where neither one is overexpending too much energy because it does actually take a tremendous amount of energy to make that physical contact because they are in a different vibratory state. And so for both ways, for them to come in and have that physical experience with us or us with them, that's why dreaming and journeying, these are a lot easier ways to connect with them. But so the animal will make that contact and bring us to the fairy being for us to have that interaction and that contact with them. And I was sharing with Alex when she talked to me about the Thomas the Rhymer oral tradition that she was reading to her son. I had shared with her that it that there are a lot of um, it, folk traditions, folk tales, oral traditions that have been written down, even if we look in the Arthurian traditions and mystery documents and all the stories, when we see an animal, usually a white animal, and usually a deer or a male deer, so a heart or a stag, or in some cases, a rabbit or a hare. And they present usually in the forest or just on the outside of the forest. It is a call, a summoning from fairy. And it is a a signal that you have just stepped into an invitation to commence a fairy initiation and that a fairy initiation is underway. And then of course, you know, how you move and navigate that is, is all part of, it is all part of that initiation. We can look at it just kind of like when we set our intention and go on a vision walk, it's like everything that happens in that vision walk is ceremony everything. It's the bird that just called. It's you that just tripped over the log <laughs> like a bumbling fool. It's it's everything that happens has meaning and is meant to be part of that symbolic language that's happening and conversation that's happening. And that's how that works when we undergo these fairy initiations, usually commenced or initiated by these animal beings that present themselves. And so (laughs) when the deer showed up to Alex, I find this to be, and (laughs) the deer answering her call, (laughs) because didn't that deer appear after you made the declaration that you wanted to work with fairy? Yes, I I literally was listening to your podcast and I was like, I really want to work with a fairy queen. But I went in to journey to do homework, basically, that I was given by my practitioner to be like, meet with the deva of your business. And I was like, okay, yeah, I need to meet with the deva of my business. Let me do that. And so I'm like doing my homework. (laughs) And she also showed up. And uh, this actually segues into what she told me today at my altar. So I'm just going to say it now. 
So I didn't really realize that even though she showed up after I talked to the Deva, that they're actually connected. Like, you know, she's almost, I, I'm realizing today that she's almost like a, um, like the Deva brought, brought her in as like a guest teacher. <laughs> like the Deva, my business is like, here, let me bring in like a guest teacher for you. <laughs> um, because today, after we had been messaging back and forth, I was like, I have to go meet this antler queen, like for, for legit real. Cause she's obviously showing, she's showing up and she's like dropping signs left and right, like through fairy tales, <laughs> through appearing in my apothecary, you know, through like, I mean, through appearing like an offering that Diamira is offering. And I love Diamira's offerings. Like I feel so safe and contained in her offerings. And I love the channel that Diamira brings forward. Like, it's just like, there's so much that she's like appearing and she's like, okay, like I'm showing up. Are you going to show up? So I was like, okay, I have to go like make some space and like go meet with her. So I went into my sacred spirit space and I got out the antler queen essence and I worked with her in that way. And then I was like, okay, I want to meet you like in our, in our meeting spirit place. <laughs> and so she came forward in her dear form and then she transformed into her fae form. And then the deva of my business showed up and she was like trying to explain who she was, but I don't, I'm not fully there yet what she was saying. The day of my business was trying to be like, this antler queen is like, like, a, like my sister. She's like my, she's like my daughter or my sister or my somehow they're somehow connected. And I was like, okay, they both seem fey like, <laughs> I'm like, okay. And I was like, okay, okay. And so then the antler queen showed me this beautiful image and it must be the image that you were describing in the story of where um, you met her and collected the essence. She was showing me the waterfalls like tumbling down into this river. And she was showing me that one of her gifts, you know, and everyone experiences different octaves of when they're meeting a guide and, and what they bring forward. But what she was showing me for my particular path is she was showing me that one of her gifts is showing how to co-weave from the heart. And so she was like, I want to show you, I want to bring you into abundance, but not abundance that you think of when it comes to like abundance of money of like how people think in the three dimension. She's like, this is abundance of the heart. And to understand abundance of the heart, there must be a co-weaving. It's not done by yourself. It's done in a call and response. Every action you have, there's a reaction. Just like the water flowing down, it's then feeding everything around it. And so she was showing me that this beautiful co-weaving of like how you show up and there's a response and what you appreciate, things then appreciate. And it was so beautiful because she kept showing me from the actual heart, rays of green coming out of the heart from the front, from the sides, from the back. And this like co-weaving of like your heart song radiating out and then it being fed back in and like this, um, almost like this dance and this waltzing back and forth. And so then she said, that's what I am going to show you how to do is how to weave with this co-weaving of the heart. And I was like, I am so down. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. This is so beautiful. I am so in awe. I cannot even like there is, 
a million reasons why I'm in awe right now. You see, I'm speechless, first of all. And just love your devotion. Your devotion and your your passion and your initiative. God bless initiative. Um, that's Saturn on my ascendant, getting a little too excited with himself. God bless people with initiative. Um, no, I love how you like literally took this. You did not wait because I don't know how many times like we procrastinate in in doing things. And obviously, you're a mom and like you have children and homeschooling and there's all the things. And yet like to have this time and just be like, no, I'm, I'm doing this now. So that is beautiful. I am also, my mouth is wanting to hang open here because this intersects so much with what went down today at the river when I went for a walk at the river. Oh my gosh. Are you going to tell me? I am. I am. I am. Okay. So this story actually needs to begin a little bit before because what I'm going to do is I'm going to start to weave in where I kind of fit into this in terms of people are probably asking, who is the antler queen? (laughs) They're probably like, what is this mythic medicine offering that... Alex is talking about that Diamira created. I will first say that at the time of when this is going to be released, meaning when people are probably listening to this, that that offering is not available, that the container has been closed. And that is very intentional because it's really important that we contain the energy and integrity of the container. And so I feel okay about sharing it now after the fact, but I'm not going to share the whole formula of the potion. That is only for the people who are, who are participating. So these mythic medicine weavings are rising up from within me. And what they are is a different way for people to have an experience of enchantment that is both guided while at the same time being also very much an individual self-led journey. I used to take people on physical journeys where we would weave with the story of the land. And this is kind of a hybrid combination where people get to weave with the story that is arising from the heart of Gaia, from within the comfort of their own home. It is woven within a container, meaning that I do actually create an energetic sacred container between me and some of the guides that come forward to hold this container. And then it is anchored in the heart of the ancient etheric forest. So it's a very held experience. And so This is just one particular mythic story that is rising up from me and from the heart of Gaia. And this one was called, as Alex said, Emerge from the Dark Forest of Winter. And it was all about feeling the energies of this time as perhaps as if we have been wandering in a dark forest of winter for a long time. And this also felt like a bigger cycle than just this 
recent winter. It felt like certainly the last few years have been a winter, but also this was connected to those of us who have a connection with our magical lineage. It feels like there's been this winter of the ages that we're all kind of just, not just waking up from, but coming out into the light choosing not to hide anymore, choosing to come out into the light, to emerge, to share who we are, (laughs) to share who we are at the fullest expression of our being. That's this energy. So oftentimes I'm working with a mythic layer of reality. This is about meeting this other layer that is always interpenetrating our realm, but Oftentimes, just due to our conditioning and our modern culture, we actually don't usually turn to look at it and dance with it, especially not consciously. And so these are invitations to weave with these mythic stories and these mythic layers. So the way that these potions work is there will be a guide or what I call a conductor of the potion, meaning that there will be one particular essence in there that acts as the leader, the conductor of the symphony orchestra. And usually this is a fairy king or queen, an elven king or queen. I usually use those words synonymously. And this is a being that has the ability, yes, they have their own medicine, but they also have the ability to modulate the other essences in the potion, it's like the uh, musician playing an instrument, like we can pluck a string and we can pluck it really loudly, or we can pluck it softly, or we can have a string sing with another one. And that's what they're doing with the essences in this potion is they're playing the essences like a musical instrument. I'm singing this like a harp, <laughs> obviously. And so it is this very coherent field of experience. So. The fairy queen that came forward for this particular essence potion and this mythic story is Antler Queen. And Antler Queen is a name that I lovingly hold and use for this being who I met a couple of years ago on a hike in the Blue Ridge Mountains. It's one of my favorite hikes because it's so gorgeous. And there is a place that the hike, the trail opens out into this river that just pours down over these boulders. And if, as you look right up the river, you see falls, several layers of falls. The smaller falls down below are these gorgeous, flowing, bubbling, sparkling, magical waters. And the way the boulders are is some of them are flat. And so you can walk out along them and the water will pool in some places of the boulder and then spill down other places. It is a complete fairyland. And I was there one day with a friend of mine. It was a couple years ago when Venus was just about to rise for the first time as an evening star. The sun was setting and the twilight hour was unfolding just as we made it to that space where I was just talking about where the water meets the trailhead. And so, of course, we 
frolicked for a moment along the boulders as one does. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then we went up um, to the just different places trying to find kind of like a cat, you know, how the cat will circle around and need the pillow until they found their perfect spot. That's what I felt like we were doing for a while. And once we had settled in with all of our belongings, I just felt this call. And so I went over by myself. I was attuning to the waterfall. And that's when this beautiful being appeared to me. And she was, first of all, so bright that I couldn't even I couldn't even uh, delineate form at all. And then slowly but surely my attention began to dial into her and I could just see these gleaming gossamer gowns and these, these long flowing garments and this diamond, liquid diamond starlight that just sort of wove all through her, but then through the land itself. And on her brow, which is pretty much the only thing other than the gleaming, flowing energy around her, on her brow, I could make out this diamond-like jewel that just shone. And then from her head arose these antlers sort of like a deer or reindeer. If I didn't know better and and maybe had been a little greener in my um, years of working with beings, I could have easily mistaken her for a deity or the deer goddess. That was the extraordinary light that was pouring through her and even her profound consciousness that I could sense. So she invited me to collect her essence and I did. And what I understood about her medicine. And of course, like Alex said, the medicine is so layered is that I understood that her part of her medicine had that Venus rising as an evening star moment. And that's about this medicine of cresting of after having been on this dark journey in the underworld, then one rises in one's maturation, in one's glory and you're no longer a you know a spring chicken <laughs> one is now has like those beautiful wrinkles that say i have wisdom i have and your wisdom just shines from the eyes like that is the energy that that moment in time felt like to me and she was so woven in to the currents, the energy currents, the living, breathing breath of the ancient forest, that it's like her medicine brings you into that. It weaves you in to the mythic medicine of the heart of the ancient forest. So that was the moment of her collection. And so of course she went in this, she was the guiding light of this potion. So as all of this is unfolding, with Alex, I go for a little, a wee walk in my forest. And I was accompanied by an old friend on the inner plains, one who I had not seen in a long time. And we'll leave that for another story. But I was accompanied by her and she and I were getting reacquainted. And we walked down to the waters. There is a river 
I follow the river all the way along. And then there's down almost this little beach area and these old trees are on the river bank. And so I just sat there and I could sense that some of the other beings of New Avalon actually wanted to meet my old inner world acquaintance. And so I facilitated some introductions and we were in this beautiful circle while they were kind of having a party (laughs) of getting to know one another. I was sitting down just listening to the river. I was listening and observing the land and the energy of the land. It's just something I've been feeling more and more is to just drop in into this place of quiet and and listen to the songs of the land. And so I was listening to the songs and the river began to swirl in me is the best way I can probably describe it. And and then I'm singing to the river and the river is singing to me and I'm singing out loud and it's just this beautiful love affair that's happening on the full moon. And as I am having this moment, I am also suddenly reminded that it is the full moon in Leo. And of course, my psychic detective, astrological detective brain gets very excited because I'm like, oh, well, this is part of a two and a half year gestational cycle. I wonder what happened on those other time points. I'm on a river bank, so I do not have my ephemeris with me. Big volume, no. So I have to just dial back in my head. I dial back nine months before this was May, but I want to dial back to the new moon. Nine months before that was August of 2021. And so I'm like, okay, the the new moon in Leo of August in 2021, what was I doing? And I'm like, I'm going to have to look in my journal. And then I thought, well, I don't want to wait for my journal. I wonder if I have a voice note from August of 2021, a note that I've left myself. So I don't know what the date of the new moon is, but we it doesn't matter because we just look at that time period. Yep. So I find a note from August of 2021. Guess where I was voice noting from. I was revisiting White Rock, which is the exact place where the Antler Queen is, I have a voice note on my phone called Antler Queen, White Rock Waterfall. I am visiting her. I was with Curtis and Maya, and I wanted to talk to her further about her medicine and understand at a deeper level. I mean, okay, this is so wild because I literally have a note about how the last point I want to talk about is the Leo full moon and the Leo energy. So this is just so it's one. It's so I knew that's what you were going to say. I knew that you were going to say that that's where you were, (laughs) that you were revisiting or collecting or something to that effect around the animal queen. I was like, Oh my gosh, she was back there. What's so, so weird about this is it's like pieces are coming together when you were telling your story. One, just the waters for me, there's something about the waters and like, the she or fairy, something about the waters and being close to water, like the lords for me, like this fairy connection. And now this antler queen close to the water, like it's showing me for my path, there's something about waters where there's a portal that opens for me 
around the she or fairy. So like, that's just like a note that I'm putting in my head, just like by hearing what you're saying. So I'm like, oh, this is important to know. And also that I'm a flower essence practitioner. I work with the waters, <laughs> you know, like this is like, a, a, I, I'm deeply connected to the waters. Um, but the, the, the Leo part, this is so wild because one of my other favorite muse friends that I muse with is April McMurtry from the moon is my calendar. And she has been teaching me how to work with your own inner harvest cycle. And um, she's like launching this whole new thing about like harvest cycles and how you work with your own inner harvest cycles. And she was teaching me like right now I'm in my first, my first house of my harvest cycle, which is like this time of seeing who I am and the sun and renewal. And she was showing me that every time there's a full moon within your harvest cycle, it's kind of like a forecasting of where you'll be like in six months. And so this Leo full moon is a forecasting of my seventh house. So all Libra themes, partnership, cross pollinations. And who was one of my most favorite Libras in the whole entire world? It's Diamira. (laughs) And so I remember looking at this like a couple of days ago and I was like, okay, partnership, cross-pollination, seventh house, Libra themes, full, like full moon and Leo, like being seen. And the, you know, the flower essence um, formula that my flower essence practitioner wove for me is all about the confidence of being seen and taking those steps of being seen. And I was like, I'm like, what? I mean, I'm open to like, you know, partnering people and like cross-pollination. I'm like, but who's going to contact me on a Sunday and be like, Hey, do you want to do something with me? And I was like, I, I know no one's doing that. Like, I don't see anyone calling me up and be like, Hey, I want to partner with you. I was like, that's okay. I mean, I'm open to it, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and like poo poo it, but like, how is that going to happen? But I was like, Oh, this should be interesting to see what happens. And who voice notes me bright and early on a Sunday morning on the full moon, Leo, my, one of my most favorite Libras, my favorite Libra, Diamira is like, okay, don't get freaked out. But what about if we start doing this on a podcast and we start talking about real life mythic stories that we're like both walking through? And I was like, oh my God. And I went and grabbed my like moon is my calendar. And I was like, oh my God, this is so wild. And I know it's this other element of everything that's playing out. It's a part of the story, right? It's a part it's not just some random piece. It's a part of the story. There's a part of this antler queen, this beautiful, you know, elven queen, this beautiful elven elder of who she is as of how can you be seen through co-weavings? That's what she's saying to me through this. Like, that's the sign. That's the piece. Like, yes, there's that piece. And then decode what it says. It's like, how are you seen? And then also those waters I remember right before I went to go work with her, all of a sudden I wanted to use my chimes that are these, I call them my sparkling chimes. And I I did the sparkling chimes and I heard her say, remember your words for the year, sparkling beauty. I always pick a word for the year. (laughs) And she's like, that's what I am. I am sparkling beauty. And it's like these like little pieces coming together that you might discard, but they are a part of the whole. They all... And like, it's like realizing how to put them together and like talking to someone else, then you put more of them together. So I'm just like, just hearing you talk about the Leo full moon and then the new moon and then the Venus part, because Venus has so much to do with abundance and pleasure and beauty. And you know that I work deeply with the Venus codes and the beauty codes. And that to me 
is this other epic piece that she was collected right at that magic hour by the waters with Venus rising. And now, like just knowing all these Leo parts that are connected to that, like there's something, there's just something very sacred. And I don't even really fully know the whole picture yet, but just hearing it, I'm like, okay, these are all like notes that I'm putting in the back of my head. Okay, so there's more. (laughs) We're like exploding each other's heads right now because these are pieces that we haven't actually talked about because we, you know, we said we need to just get on this and do a recording. So, okay, first of all, um, I'm going to come back and actually share because I listened, re-listened to that voice note while I was down at the river. And I'm going to share a couple pieces of what she said to me in there. So I'm going to come back to that. But first, just for fun, for any astrology people out there, and Alex, will you'll get a kick out of this too. So first of all, Leo, zero degrees Leo is my midheaven. And so this full moon is in my 10th house. And so I was like, which is the 10th house for anybody that is getting your light out into the world, it's career. And of course, I had the same thought as Alex did, but from a, in, from a different angle, I was like, oh, that would be a beautiful day for me to like shine my light in my Libra way. Because even though it is Leo, but then we're also like shining my light is about my son, which is Libra. And so like shining my light in a Libra way. And what would that be? But it's Sunday. I don't work on Sundays. And so, oh, well, I guess that I just won't be shining my light and working with these this energy. And here Alex and I are doing the thing. <laughs> so that's that's fun, number one. Okay, the second one, well, actually this is fun, but it's also kind of deep. So I wasn't going to say what the last Remember I said the gestational lunar cycle, that new moon was August of 2021. Well, then nine months later, we have the first quarter moon and that was May of 2022. And just me again, knowing May of 2022, I said yes to being a facilitator of a program that was called the healer's path with two other, um, women that I was facilitating with. And the role that I was standing forth in was well-maiden, tender of the waters. So I was basically, my role was to flow the sacred waters of fairy through the container and 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 by doing that, actually breaking an ancient spell that was about fairy beginning to flow back the waters of magic into the human world, because again, those waters had receded, and for good reason, because a fairy agreement and sacred contract had been broken and dishonored, but now it was time to flow those waters again. And and this was because I have fairy within me. And also human within me, this was a way for me to reconcile both. I was going to stop withholding magic and I was going to fully flow the fairy waters through this container. And then also at the same time, my human was standing forth as in deep devotion, honor, and service to honor the sacred waters as they were flowing. And so in that way, both the fairy and human within me reconciled and healed this ancient basically wound that was created 
It's of course recounted in the well-maiden myth, which we won't go into that whole myth right now, but just suffice it to say that that was a rupture. It was a wound that occurred between fairy and human. And this was a way for me to reconcile and heal that within myself. And it was connected to the waters. And the first quarter moon in a gestational cycle is all about there's a choice point. There's a dynamic conversation. So where the new moon is something takes form, it's a new seeding, the the first quarter moon is, okay, now something has been seeded. Now it's time to make some decisions. Now it's time to make a choice. Some sort of crisis has come forward and this was it. This was starting to come forward for me. And I realized that I had to resolve this within myself because it was affecting my work on both a mythic level and a human level, but also I could see how it was a pattern in the world that I was seeing it was being reflected to me and a lot of my clients were coming forward with this, um, not just fear of sharing their gifts, but there was a withholding. They were holding on to their gifts for some reason. And it was, I feel, because of this ancient fairy agreement that was broken between human and fairy. So that's the water piece um, and the first, first quarter piece. And so lastly, what... I can remember from her message that was shared um, that I re-listened to today. What she said to me, I did not understand at first and I argued about it (laughs) in the message. I literally am recorded arguing about it with her. And she says something like you can be a mouthpiece for nature. And I was like, no, no. I said, no, that story is old. That story is so like last age. I am not going to bring forth messages from nature anymore. Humans already have the messages. They just need to take action. Like I was like, no. And as I, my little, you know, ruffian (laughs) settled down and simmered and I continued to listen, I realized that I was putting my old paradigm lens on what she was saying. And what she was really saying was it wasn't a mouthpiece for nature in the old way of like regurgitating messages coming through from the world of nature, but it was about listening to the songs that were rising from the earth, the songs of the waters, the songs of the trees, and allowing them to come through me in these mythic stories like the medicine weaving that I'm sharing now, like the potion that I'm sharing now, like those. And then the way that she ended, she had, I believe her hand on my heart and on my throat. And she says, it is time to speak. And I was like, I've been speaking. And she just continued to touch my throat. And I knew as she stayed there that, as I said, that I had not even accessed even the the tip of the iceberg of my ability to speak because what she was talking about was from this deep mythic place of using my voice to transmit mythic story for healing and for bringing people into the codes of enchantment. And then she said that her medicine was about weaving. (laughs) What she said is weaving the mythic story of nature, weaving the mythic story of nature. Is that a mic drop? (laughs) That's a total mic drop. And I'm, I mean, I'm not in shock, but every time things like this happen, 
I mean, this has been happening so much in my life, but also when Diamara and I talk back and forth and I'm just like, this is epic. Like, and I just like look around and I'm like, is anyone seeing this happen? This is epic. This is so epic. Like, it's just to think that both you and I, who have not talked about this, are receiving these similar, similar messages of the medicine. It just makes me speechless, really, because I'm like, what? I don't know what you do with that. I don't know where you go with that. And it's like this piece, but it's also like so much bigger than both of us. And that's beautiful. And I'm just like, I'm in just in, I'm just in awe. And you know, this is so meta, but I feel that part of her medicine, even for us and part of the story, like it's bigger for each of us. You know, I shared with Alex in a text, which I'm happy to share here. And I I will actually, I can share it word for word. What I said was that- I know exactly what you're going to say. I know you're going to read it. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) It is so meta. It is so meta. Oh, okay. So I said, now I'm having a beautiful moment of seeing the beauty of this whole medicine tapestry, how big and expansive it is. And also this moment of seeing this gorgeous privilege and gift for me to be able to have connected with these beings like the Antler Queen, formed a relationship and collected an essence so that then it enables them the beings to work more expansively with more magical people like you, Alex, that they might not have been able to meet before either due to access or maybe able-bodiedness or whatever other reasons. Like not everybody can go on a hike to the Blue Ridge Mountains to this particular waterfall where this being has a strong presence. And I'm sure she's more universal than that. And yet I feel like there are access points and that waterfall in the Blue Ridge is one. And to be able to help her, the Antler Queen, share her medicine and connect more widely is expanding my heart so much it wants to break with deep emotion. So I I feel like the way that this whole story has come together and the way that she is like journeying Alex Alex coming forward and saying, I want to work with a fairy queen. My heart wants to work with a fairy queen. I may have been journeying with fairy beings my whole life and I don't even know it, but I I am choosing to consciously, I want to work with a fairy queen right now. And for her to meet that call and to weave with Alex in these most magical fairy portal ways where she comes through and Literally, her presence is so strong and active. And I believe that the essence is part of this, like her, that when like collecting the essence, and this is my feeling and Alex, you can share what you feel, but I feel that some collecting the essence of these fairy beings like I do, and then the essence somehow is the portal and it allows them to come through more strongly to people maybe that they wouldn't have been able to have a pathway to come through to people that have a predisposition. It's not like they're coming through unwanted. Of course, there's a desire. Alex has chosen to work with this potion, right? So there was a choice made. And yet it creates this pathway. It like clears the brambles from these old pathways away and allows them 
the fairy beings to come forward and interact with humans in a very, very real and physical way to where it is engaging on these multidimensional levels where it's showing up in the book that her she's reading to her son and it's showing up and the fairy queen is showing up in all these different ways. And then this is just Alex, right? And then there's other people who, of course, were in at the time of recording in the middle of this container. And then there are other participants who are journeying. And because we we literally just started yesterday, really. And because of that is when I shared the first video. And like I haven't even heard from other people, but this is what overwhelms my heart is the way that these beings are coming forward, the the fairy queen is coming forward and then how she's connecting with each person is going to be its own story. Like there's going to be maybe, you know, 15 more of these that Alex and I are having right now. There might be other epic stories happening. So Alex is having her own specific journey. I'm having my own journey, like following this gestational moon circle and like how the antler queen is weaving with me. And then this is where it gets meta. It's like the medicine that she is bringing, she's bringing Alex and I together in this other way. Like she is bringing like part of her medicine is like, yes, I'm journeying you, Diamira, in this way. And yes, I'm journeying you, Alex, in this way. And oh, by the way, I actually have another journey for the two of you. And that is about weaving your medicine together. And and even in this way, the way that we're doing it in this podcast right now, like this is her doing. She has orchestrated this. <laughs> I I was literally thinking that even before we got on the call, I was like, is this Dia Mira and I's like spirit guide together? <laughs> because I was just like, this is so wild, you know, that, and it also like, even when you were reading that quote or the text that you sent me, I was like, it's so beautiful about her co-weaving. There's this, there's this jewel within that, that is like you in general, when you share your gift, you're gifted back the reflection of your gift. And that is not a common thing. A lot of times there's this, again, this co this co-weaving of giving, receiving, call, response, action, reaction. And that's a very beautiful gift because, and it feels like a foundational jewel, like a foundational stone of when you're starting an, some type of initiation. And I think that it's often left out in different paths when you start something, because it's like to be able to be seen back for your gifts, I almost feels like that's essential, right? Because there's like this flowing of energy and it's feeding itself just by you giving, you're then being fed back. So there's this like reciprocal, so you're not feeling um, like the cup is being coming empty and there's nothing coming back. There's this, again, it just, I keep on thinking of those waters that flowing and she's completely orchestrated this whole entire call. Like she, uh, she, and that's why to me, she feels much more universal than just her at the waterfalls with the Blue Ridge Mountains. Like she feels like she is um, definitely in my, in my opinion, I've only, <laughs> we are very new at our beginning of our, our relationship, but she feels very powerful and very, um, much more universal and whatever the gifts is that she's bringing forward. And uh, here where I'm looking at the clock, it's 5.55 right now. And when I measured out cacao 
for today, I measured her out on the scale. And you know how it's kind of a playing of Tetris, like, oh, that's a little too much, pulling those pieces away. Oh, that's a little too little. And you're playing with the scale. That's how I do it anyways. And I kind of did a rearrangement. And when I looked back at the scale, it said 22.2222. And of course, my friend Courtney, who was just on the podcast, will share that two, two, twos, the twos are fairy numbers for her. And of course, 22 is connected with Mary Magdalene and her feast day. And yeah, so that just felt, again, this, this is a, such a divine appointment. And I, like, I'm speechless. And this journey is just beginning. And so, yeah. So is there anything else that you feel needs to be spoken? I, I I was just thinking that I was just thinking this is just the beginning. I'm really curious to see what else unfolds. And I feel so appreciative and so grateful for you for like reaching out and opening the door and inviting me in um, because it's so beautiful to be seen, but it's also so beautiful to be heard. And I just love the musing back and forth. And I'm, just, I'm super excited to see what else unfolds. And I, I just feel like in so much joy for getting to muse back and forth about something that's so epic. <laughs> I hope other people uh, feel the joy and get some keys somewhere for themselves. I hope so too. I have loved this. It has been an idea that has been cooking with me for a little bit of seeing if we could capture one of these mysteries that we journey in real time. Alex and I do this back and forth all the time with different different story threads that come up for us and are very strong, talking to us very clearly. And oftentimes we're journeying something very similar, not always, not always. Sometimes the other one is just a space holder or a, you know, has some keys, but is not actually journeying it themselves. And yet we just weave the most beautiful magic. So I am really excited that we were able to capture this. And for everybody else, thank you so much for listening and for sharing in this magical weaving with us. I want to say that if the Antler Queen in particular has spoken deeply to you, she is actually currently one of the essences that is still available in the Elemental Whispers Essence Collection. So if you go to diamirarose.com, you can, of course, place an order for her. And she obviously is wanting to impart her medicine to a lot of people. Um, This current medicine weaving that Alex and I have been talking about emerge from the dark forest of winter is completed at, well, at the time of recording, it's just beginning, but when it, this is released, it will be completed, but please, you can get on my email list and you will make sure to stay up to date with any of these mythic weavings that come forward from me, from the heart of New Avalon, from the heart of the ancient forest, because I can feel that there are, that this is just the beginning. <laughs> this is just the beginning. Thank you so much for joining us in this living mystery. I hope 
somewhere along the way, a portal of enchantment was opened within you to help you connect with your own magic and the magic of possibility that lives in each and every moment all around us. Now listen in because this is where I do my best to share and promote two people at once because we are living in this new earth paradigm and the way of walking in beauty and doing business with a collaborative mindset, one where our hearts are open and there is no scarcity is part of how Alex and I both work. And so I'm going to share just a hint about each of us and encourage you to connect with us and check out our websites and our offerings. So we weave medicine offerings regularly. Usually those are released and shared about on our email list. And so if you would like to connect with Alex and stay in the know, especially about her seasonal alchemy flowers that she releases sometimes a couple times a year, you can go to mygrandmothersflowers.com. And if you want to stay connected with me and make sure you are in the know about offerings like Emerge or any other magical creation that strikes my fancy, then please connect with me at diamirarose.com. You can sign up for my email list there. Now, both Alex and I work with clients one-on-one privately. And so that is a way to really deepen on your path of magical embodiment, on your path of abundance and beauty and enchantment. And yes, I'm mixing in different qualities from each of our work together because that's how I roll. (laughs) So again, just connect with us on our website and not our website as in we have one together, but our websites individually. I hope to see you there or on the next podcast. And In the meantime, I would love to leave you with this other poem that I wrote that I feel speaks to the energy that is being stoked within so many of us at this time. This poem is called Rise. Golden wings of light, she rises. Rose pink and crimson flowers, she rises. Violet and amethyst, she rises. Golden forests and emerald caves, she rises. A song is sung throughout the land, she rises. Now the fires are lit, the inner temple awakened. Hear the bells of above and below, heaven on starry earth be born. Awake, awake, awake. Now she rises. They have come, the lineage of my mothers, to raise me from myself and the ashes of my soul. To the four directions, dispersed, 
In the earth, they are buried. In the water, they are dissolved. In the wind, they are carried. In the fire, they are reborn. Rise and be born anew, she of one thousand faces. Rise now, unfurl your wings, and take flight.